Welcome to Tech Whispers, the podcast that takes you inside the playbook of the world's best digital leaders. This is a show for digital and business leaders who are passionate about learning from the industry shapers and market makers. Join your host, Dan Roberts, as he unpacks the unique stories, leadership philosophies, and answer the call moments that define and differentiate the best leaders of our day. Our goal is to help you gain an edge and move you beyond your comfort zone so that you are driving more impact and value for your team, your company, and your career. Let's get into the show and hear from another amazing tech whisperer. Well, welcome back, everybody. We are at the CI100 Awards and Symposium. Amazing people walking around here, just networking, reconnecting. And uh, just have this gift of being able to be hanging out with people like Rich Gilbert. So, Rich, glad to be here. Welcome. Good Thank to do you. this in person. Yes, it's wonderful to do that. It's Man. great to get people back together in an event like this. And it's that mastermind model, getting people together. Iron sharpens iron, which is yeah. really neat to be able to see with all the CIOs that are here. It's perfect. We're going to dig into a bunch of topics, but you you had a big uh, a big job change. So you came to Aflac. You mm-hmm. got you got attracted out of a great company. We'll talk about some of your history. But you were the chief information and digital officer yep, when you started. CDIO, chief digital and information officer. CDIO, okay. Right. And then just recently, you became the CTO. Yes. But not the one we think of. No, not not chief technology officer, but chief transformation officer. You know, I see this as really the evolution for technology leaders as uh, as we move into digital. And now, you know, one of the big things that we've been driving is this digital drives business philosophy. Mm-hmm. And so with this chief transformation officer, right, the, the whole point was let's use digital and technology to be able to drive the business. So given the opportunity to own one of our largest P&Ls, wow. as well as the technology and digital teams and said, put them together to be able to drive results and drive business outcomes. So there's this huge program of change that we're driving. And that's under that, that chief transformation officer title, which mm-hmm. is really, it's a proof point, right? And so I'm very excited about it because it gives an opportunity to, from, to move to a technologist now to a business leader role. Yeah. I love that story. And I think we're going to see more of it, you know, because Absolutely. you you see the business end to end, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, Who better to look up and out and anticipate where things are going. So I love that story. I want to go back early in the career. You became a leader early in the journey back at IBM, right? So you think about leadership then, leadership now. When you think of your people, your up and comers, the ones that are differentiating themselves, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Is it a mindset? Is it a muscle? How are they showing up different? It's a great question. I can reflect on myself. I had the opportunity to get into management early in my career. Mm-hmm. So I was 28 years old wow. as a manager at IBM. And you know, most of the people that I was managing were at least one and a half to, to two times my age. And, and they had training programs and they selected people. And you know, one of the great things about IBM at the time is they had the ability to develop leaders, right? And they looked for characteristics and they looked for your strengths and then to be they accentuated your strengths and minimized your weaknesses, right? And so that was one of the things that hmm. helped me grow early in my career. But today, the biggest thing for up-and-coming leaders is how do you differentiate yourself, right? And especially if you think about today's environment versus when I grew up in, in corporate America, everything was in person, every interaction was face-to-face, everything was the opportunity for you to present 
your brand, help the company move things forward. And as a as leaders, right, could recognize that and then basically help mentor you and guide you and 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 help steer and navigate your career. Today it's a little harder, right, actually for people right. because it's virtual and things like that. And and not all your work is noticed. You're not always in person. And so, you know, what I look for is people that are willing to step forward. Okay, regardless if it's stepping forward in a virtual environment or physical environment, things like that, because that little bit of effort differentiates people from the others. And it doesn't seem like much, right? But it comes down to good old hard work ethic, right? Yeah. And, and it's something that's missing, actually. And everybody's trying to find work-life balance, and, and I, I 100% agree with that. However, you know, as you're growing your career and as you're coming up through, through the ranks, there is periods of controlled out of balance. Right. And those periods of controlled out of balance are when you have an opportunity that presents itself and you step forward mm -hmm. to that. You know, you're going to have a period of time that's going to be challenging and you're going to have to put in extra time and extra effort. And that's really what differentiates you from everybody else that you're competing with in, in corporate America. And so that's what I look for. I look for that just that little bit of willingness to say, pick me. Right. I'm willing to do some extra work. I'm willing to. To come in and and do something great and i don't expect it forever it's right. really short periods of time focused effort and being able to make that difference well it's working i mean you talk about brand mm -hmm. think of i think of your it your digital talent brand there the kinds of people that you're grooming developing sheila anderson yes right? just congratulations the new cio and so excited to have her join aflac and she brings a wealth of talent and experience and it's just a a privilege to her, have her join our leadership team. Yeah, that's that, that made big news. People noticed. Absolutely. You know, as you became the chief transformation mm -hmm. officer, bringing somebody like Sheila Aflac brand, right? 2000, no one knew Aflac. Right. And then there was the duck on the park bench. That, and wonderful, wonderful advertising campaign. Wow. Genius of our CEO, Dan Amos, right? So, you know, the story is, is that they were trying to come up with a new, we just changed are basically company American Family Life Assurance Corporation. Oh, okay. Shortened it to Athlac, and we brought in advertising agencies, and they they were struggling with what's the brand? What do you do with Athlac? What are you? And they yeah. were like, you know, it just sounds like a duck. You know, we should we should host a duck on a commercial, and that will be the the brand, right? And, and how many people said that's the stupidest idea I ever heard? <laughs> but our CEO Dan Amos said, no, that's genius. That is genius. People will remember wow. that. Wow. Aflac, right? Absolutely, right? And because people, you know, what is this supplemental insurance? Because, you know, we, we are, we play in a very, oh, it's, it's a space that's really required. And, you know, it's, it's where medical leaves off and then you have all these out-of-pocket expenses. And so whether it's for cancer or critical illness or hospitalization, that's really where we come in and fill the gap, right? Mm. And so it was how do you get... Um, that name recognition out there and how do you build the brand? And so the duck was a wonderful way to tell that story and communicate that message and, and be able to do it in a humorous way where people could remember, oh, you know, if I'm out of work or I've got medical issues or I need extra money because I broke my leg, I should have got an Aflac insurance. What was that insurance called? Yeah. Aflac. Aflac. Right. Exactly. Wow. My favorite, by the way, I love those commercials, the Yogi Berra ones. Oh, yeah. I mean, those Yogiisms, right? Mm -hmm. it, it pays, in the barbershop. In the barbershop, mm -hmm. right? And, and it ends with, 
and they pay you cash, which is as good as money. Money, right, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and what was it? If, if you're hurt and miss work, it won't hurt to miss work. That's right. So that was a great way to get the message across. Right, and the duck leaves the barbershop just shaking his head frustrated. Right. Right, and so it was a great commercial. And and they've evolved over time, and we've changed the message. And, and you know, it's one of the things we're trying to work on right now is this whole view of care on purpose, right? So mm. our brand has evolved, and, you know, we've got some great great representations of our brand right now with with you know coach Saban and Dion and and we're going into different markets and things like that but you know the core behind Aflac is insurance is a promise right it's a promise on a piece of paper and you know for us to be able to be there for people is really what what matters and so that's what the heart of the company is that's the culture and you know it's one of those I know you've had insurance companies where you've had to deal with hey I can't get a claim filed and oh my gosh they're denying my claim we're the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. It's really about we want to pay people's claim and give people maximum value for the, having that promise with us and being able to fulfill it. Well, I always say the proof's in the pudding. Yes. And just check me on the numbers, but you went from a brand recognition over 14 years of 11% to 94%. Oh, yes. Is it's that, one of the top. Sound right? one, one, I don't know the exact numbers, but that sounds about right. It's one of the top recognized brands in the United States. Right. And also, it's interesting because if you go to Europe, for example, and you say Aflac, people are like, I, I don't know, you know what is Aflac? Because, you know, there's not American football, right? So there's not Sunday mornings or Saturday mornings. And so not a lot of folks realize that. But you go to Japan, for example, mm. and Aflac is in one in four households in Japan. You cover like 50 million, you protect 50 million people, mm -hmm. revenues, 22, 23 That's billion, right. Yep. Fortune, one, uh, 150, yep. Unreal. I mean, that's the proof of the pudding right that's there. Right. No, powerful stuff. You know, I love those expressions. I love the isms. Rich has some great isms. Those expressions you use when you're communicating, coaching, mentoring. Right. What, any come to mind? I mean, that's a hard thing to ask somebody. But. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on what situation we're dealing with, right? You know, we talked a little bit, you know, about some of the things that, that CIOs face. And, and a lot of people, when you come into a new company and having to drive change and things like that, you know, one of the things that I start with and something that I've kept for my entire career is this four-part model around driving vision. So it starts with vision, roadmap, reality, results. Okay. Mm. So you start with a vision. And why do you do that? Okay. The most important thing you can do to, with somebody is get an emotional connection to what you're trying to do. So, for example, when we came in Aflac, or I came in Aflac, and you know we're trying to figure out, all right, what are we doing around digital transformation? We came up with a strategy called One Digital Aflac, mm. right? And One Digital was simply let's use technology to make things easier for our customers to buy from us, yep. easier for our sales teams to sell, easier for our employees to work to make it easier for us to fulfill our promise, right? Mm. So that vision resonated and it went from whiteboard to boardroom in three months and wow. everybody can get behind it. Hey, why are we doing this one digital thing? It's really, we're gonna use technology to make it easier. Make it easier to sell, make it easier to service, make it easier to work, and that's what we do. It's pretty clear. And so, you know, that's that vision portion. Then you've got to, fa you've, and you've got to get an emotional connection to people. That's probably one of the most important things because you know, logical connections make a lot of sense and people can understand, but if you really want to drive change, you've got to drive an emotional connection. Yeah. So that's why it starts with a vision. And then roadmap is you got to figure out a path to get there. Reality is once you start getting there, you figure out, uh-oh, we don't have the skills, the talent, the resources, 
And we, you've got to figure out how do you address that? How do you build a plan to be able to make that happen? And, you know, how do you course correct? And then results are once you've attained some of the results of your project, you've got to be able to talk about it in terms of business impact, right? It's not IT metrics. It's not about technology. It's really about what have you been able to do? How have you been able to service the customer, pay a claim faster? All those things are in the results section. Mm. And then you continue to repeat that model. You refresh your vision, you create a new roadmap, you figure out where your reality is, you document your results. So that's one, of, one, that's one that I've used for years. But I've got lots of others, right? I would love to hear. Now, you maybe think of one of your Georgia CIO colleagues, mm-hmm. Cheryl Button at Gulfstream. Okay. She's famous for saying, reality trumps intent. <laughs> right. Right. That, I that love makes, that. That makes, yep. I mean, that, I'm glad you, you, you wanted right. to do deliver results, but I love that cycle. That's that right. Continue cycle. Any other isms you've been using recently as you think about? A couple of things. We talk about that vision. I'd love to inspire people, and everybody's heard this, but if you shoot for the stars and you land on top of the mountain, you're still farther and higher than anybody else. Yeah. So you set a vision that inspires. You set a, a vision that is bigger and a goal that's bigger than anybody can believe, and you help people get and accomplish that vision. And not you don't always accomplish it. Right. But you recognize the results and you recognize things along the way. And then anytime you're trying to do something great in any company, mm-hmm. okay, you're going to run into glass walls, right? And so glass walls is something that I talk about a lot. And people go like, what's a glass wall? I don't understand, Rich. And I said, you know how you come into a company and you're all excited and you want to go drive change and you basically, you hit something. You can't see it. You don't know what it is. But you hit something. It's there. It's there. And it's either process, it's culture, it's, you know, it, it's people. Mm-hmm. And you hit a glass wall and that, that's a cultural resistance to change. And, you know, lots of people hit this glass wall and they hit the glass wall because they they're excited and they want to drive change and they're trying to do things. But what happens is glass walls are self-healing in nature. And if there's only one person trying to break through a glass wall... You can put cracks in it. You can run after that thing a hundred times, okay? And But every time you step back, it'll reform. So in order to drive culture change, in order to drive process change, in order to drive changes in your company, what you have to do is you have to get more than one person running at that glass wall. Got it. And so you have to build relationships. You have to build a consensus. You have to inspire people to be part of something. And then you get five, six, seven, a hundred people running against a glass wall and you break through it. And guess what? Once it's broken, it doesn't reform again. So it's a change resistance model that you have to overcome and, and things that, you know, that are there that you can't see, but they inhibit you from success. And a lot of times inspiring leaders, young leaders come run in full of energy. They hit the glass walls. And it hurts. Mm. And then they back up and they don't do it anymore. And so you've got to teach people how to, how to break through glass walls. And last thing I'll tell you from a, you know, a rich-ism, I talk about fingerprints a lot. So glass walls, fingerprints, visions, but fingerprints. Mm. What do I mean by fingerprints? Everybody wants to make a difference. Absolutely. Right? And everybody wants to feel part of something and do something great. I call that leaving fingerprints. Mm. Okay. So when I'm talking to somebody about joining Aflac, I said, we're, you know, we're this huge company, but we're small enough that when you come in, you can make a difference. Right. You can leave fingerprints on the organization. What you do matters and mm-hmm. you can drive change and you can make a difference. 
So what I challenge people to do is to leave their fingerprints. You know, whether it's driving a new digital experience for a customer, launching a new mobile app, or even moving applications to the cloud that makes it faster and easier to be able to release things so we can deliver more value to our customers in a, in a higher rate and pace. And that's all about leaving fingerprints. And there's nothing better than standing back and you saying, and you taking a look at things and you're going, wow, there's a few of my fingerprints on this company. Yeah. And, you know, and what you're making a difference for the company, you're making a difference for your team, you're making a difference for your leaders, but most important, you're making a difference for your customers. Right. And so the more you can leave your fingerprints, the more rewarded you feel for your ability to accomplish them. Well, you tie your people to, like you say, back to the vision, the mm-hmm. purpose. I mean, That's right. These are families who are probably in a difficult spot That's at right. that time. So That's right. it, it matters. You know, one of my favorite isms, it's Einstein, mm-hmm. right? And he talked about insanity, right? And he, he'd always say, you know, doing the same thing over and over right. again, expect a different result. Right. That's insanity. That's insanity. Right. When you tackled this one digital, one Aflac digital strategy, um, and I kind of like, you, you use the word drive, you drive results, drive change. You're a car guy. I am a car guy. So, so take us in, in terms of the story, how you sold the story, how, the metaphor you used. Right. And, and, and ensuring that you didn't follow the insanity methods, <laughs> right? You thought about this in a different way. Well, yeah. And, and I've talked about this a couple of times before, but if you're going to go 200 miles an hour in a car and you're starting with a Honda Accord, it's gonna be really, really hard to get there. So you can strap on parts, you can figure out how to turbocharge the engine, but 200 miles an hour is gonna be hard. So what you have to do is you have to break things down and you have to say, okay, we're designing a car to go 200 miles an hour. How do you start? Mm. You start with, all right, what's the frame we're gonna build off of, right? And for us at Aflac, what we decided to do is we decided to take the business and technology teams and put them together. It's structural. It, it, it connects the, the axles together, right? It, it, it's the foundation that you're building off of. So our frame was around, let's collapse business and technology into one organization called digital services. And digital services was really around, it's not for, we're not doing technology for technology's sake. It's all business outcomes. It's customer facing. Yeah. And that's the frame that we built it off of. And then you said, okay, how do you power this? Right? You know, you've got to have a powertrain that's going to get you to go 200 miles an hour. A waterfall delivery model, for example, in technology, will not get you to go 200 miles an hour. So now you have to train your whole organization to be able to operate an agile model. You have to rebuild the engine. You have to retool your employees. You have to develop scrum masters and full stack developers. And you have to develop product owners that are not in the technology team, they're in the business team. Right. And so you build this engine and now you have what it takes to, to power this. So you've got the organization, you've got the engine, and then you know, you've got to be able to now drive the aerodynamics, okay? And then aerodynamics are in terms of business and technology teams working together towards outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, what are you trying to accomplish? For us, it was fulfilling some of the customer service needs. Yeah. It was about making claims easier. It was, it was really transforming our organization. So once you put all that together, You've now built a new vehicle. Right. Okay. It's not taking your Honda Accord and trying to get it 200 miles an hour because you'll you'll crash and die. Right. right? And and you know and maybe that's why the life of a CIO is only a few years, right? Four or five years. But you know, with this new vehicle, now you can get on the track. You can go faster. You can deliver results, and you can continue to improve on it. And then it's just tweaking and tuning and refining and figuring out why didn't you get the most traction around that corner. 
How do you tweak and tune your model? How do you tweak and tune your organization and, and your objectives? So that, that's a, a way to think about this in terms of cars and, and breaking that 200 mile an hour barrier. I mean, there was a time when we, we couldn't run a four minute mile. That's right. right. So mm-hmm. we figured out how to, I didn't, right. but you might have. But yeah, um, no. now in that process, you mentioned you did an IT rebrand, right? Yes. And that was, was that important to the journey? Oh, it was of, huge. You know, you had traditional you had developers and you had database administrators and you had quality assurance and testing and you had all these different folks that were operating very well within their discipline. Again, that goes to a waterfall model. And there was a big disconnect. There was a huge valley. There was no connection between the technology organization and the business. Everything was tech for tech, right? right? All right, we're upgrading this data center. We're installing this new network. We were upgrading this new technology had nothing to do with, all right, what are you trying to do from a business perspective and what outcomes are you trying to drive, right? So first we had to connect those. And the first way to do that was our technology team no longer owns what we work on. Mm. Might sound strange, but in an agile model, the business owner becomes the product owner. They're the ones that set the backlog and you're fulfilling the needs of the business. So automatically you close the gap between the business and technology because you have alignment. And so it's very important to, to have rebranded and, and saying, hey, we're going to take this whole new digital services. We don't call ourselves IT anymore. Our whole digital services was to be able to say, we're going to use technology. We're going to make things easier and we're going to go drive business results. And what we tried to do is we grounded everything on the customer right, and our policyholder. And that was the most important thing. So you, if you look at just some common things, if you looked at our portfolio, right, four years ago, it was all tech for tech. Yep. Now, if you look at our portfolio, there's no tech for tech. Amazing. Nothing. Amazing. And, and the tech for tech, you put in the projects. Like, mm. you, you know, if you're going to build a new customer experience, then, but if you have to upgrade certain things, you put it in the customer experience, but you don't talk about, hey, we're going to go upgrade the plumbing. Nobody cares about the plumbing. Right. Nobody cares about the pipes. They want the outcome. So this is what we're building towards, and here's the way to get there. Love it. So two of your passions, you do a lot of great things in, the, in our profession, in our community. You're part of the Sustainable IT Board, I which am? is yeah. doing big, big things. Excited about that. Yeah, you should be. And at the same time, you're also big on developing people, yes. right? You yes. talked about the skills, the mindsets. You know, we had this idea of tech for good, mm-hmm. and we're donating $125,000 of scholarships to nonprofits. We have a nine-month leadership development program for IT leaders. Okay. And you have the ability to gift a seat in that program. Thank you. To your favorite nonprofit. So I know you, you have a lot of them, but there's one come to mind who could leverage that, you think? Oh, my gosh. Diversity of thought is one of the most important things that you get. So, Rich, we're here at the Terrania, and we have the mystery question, which gets to be in person. So I've asked Dave Bess, our buddy from Delphix, to okay. come by. He knows you from a number of companies. He does. So, Dave, come on in. Appreciate you stopping by. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. Dave Best, hey, good Rich. to see you. Good to see you. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you to uh, you and Delphix for letting us use your studio, first of all. This has been great to be in person. Yeah. But you've known this guy for a long time. Help me tease out one of his superpowers. Yeah, so uh, I've had the pleasure of working with Rich and watching his career evolve and taking on higher level roles, big companies, uh, going back to your SunTrust. Absolutely. Days, mm. uh, with the Neil Cherry on. So one thing I've always admired about Rich, and congratulations, by the way. Thank you. CIO 100 award for this year. 
Yeah, and um, Orby too. That's right. right. Orby's big, from big last year. year That's right. Georgia CIO. Congrats on that Thank as you. well. On my nomination, I, believe, I, I so. appreciate that. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a lot of work. But, I got to uh, catch up with Good luck, Charm. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, what I have always observed and admired, and it goes where it really stood out to me, was the 2016 CIO 100 Award, which you and your team at HP absolutely took on. And, and to me, what I, what I observed about you is your grace under pressure, mm. because that was a pressure cooker absolutely situation being handed that project with a, a, a cannot miss deadline and so what's kind of the secret sauce for maintaining that leadership grace under pressure would be my question oh that's a great question that's a great question and Dan. what was the project what was the initiative going uh, so on? we were uh, HP was the largest tech company at the time and we we're splitting it into two parts HP and HPE HP Inc and Hewlett Packard Enterprise and we had nine months to do it. And so this was, think about a company of 400,000 people, hundreds and hundreds of sites in multiple countries, and being able to figure out how to be able to separate that. For me, I was responsible for the infrastructure side of the house. Scott Spradley was the application side of the house. So I had six data centers, I had 65,000 servers, 400,000 people to get the laptops right, access, all of those things that needed to be done. And so... What could go wrong, Rich? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> no, I know. It was crazy. And uh, I will tell you that people look to you, right? And so even at all times, people are looking to you because you inspire the vision, but you also inspire the confidence, right? Mm. And so people are always looking to see how is this leader reacting under stress? How is this leader reacting under pressure? Does, does he lash out or does he empower, inspire, and, and help push through, right? Or some people actually retreat, right, when they get under a lot of pressure. So for me, it is, it is you basically deflect the pressure from the team and then give them the opportunity to succeed by encouraging them, but still applying enough pressure to make sure you're still hitting your goals and deadlines, right? So you, you still have to push, you have to make sure that things happen, and you know you can't miss in things like that. So you gotta make sure that failure is not an option. And so that requires driving accountability, that requires driving, you know, managing the details, but most important, it really involves being a leader of people and being able to set the direction, set the vision, inspire people, and when you have obstacles that set you back, you have to be able to overcome those obstacles and think through those and be able to go to the next step. So that's, that's probably how I would say that. Today at Aflac, right, there's a great analogy at Aflac. It's uh, Aflac's mascot is the duck. I'm sure everybody's heard of the Aflac Absolutely. duck. And, and so, you know, it's like the duck on water. Above, you just see the head nodding, you're going in a certain direction and there's nothing stopping you. Below the water, those paddles, and, and, you know, fins are just going away, right? And those feet that's are moving, moving you forward. And that's what you have to do to push things forward. So, so how, did that, how did that go? Not yet. Nine months? Oh, nine months. It went off without a hitch. And, you know, the reason we won the CIO 100 Award, so thank you, Dave, for stopping in, mm -hmm. is we used Delphix technology to be able to separate those companies. And you couldn't have done it the way you normally would do it. We had to virtualize the data and have two companies come up at the same time for thousands and thousands of systems. And we were able to use this, this great technology tool to virtualize the data, flash copy that into production, 
and go live. And you know, we had planned a we, we had planned a thirty day, twenty four hour war room. We we're done in three days. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It was really amazing. Awesome. Well, congrats again. I'll let you guys finish up. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy. Awesome. Things that you can have as you build your leadership team. I have ethnic diversity and I have male, female on my leadership team. In fact, 50% of my leaders, the direct reports to me, mm-hmm. are female. So if I were going, there's been so many great things that have come out of female leadership from a tech perspective. But that's not the way it is everywhere. Right. So if I were to give a scholarship to somebody to help develop a future leader, I would do something for women in technology and to help grow that brand and to help maybe build the next leader, maybe build the next CIO with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We will get them on our website. Awesome. And we'll get connected with them. We'll get them plugged in. And But we, this is what makes what we do fun. Right? Yeah, we get, absolutely. To, we get to do these kinds of things. That's and, awesome that you're doing that. I appreciate yeah, that. It's important. It's it, really, it really is. And so... Put a big bow on this. You know, I want you to kind of talk about your career journey. You you were a tech company, IBM, yeah. SunTrust Bank. Banking, back into tech. Back into tech, HP. And then all into insurance. insurance. So I kind of had a little bit of whiplash if yeah. you think about it. Right. right. So, so there's got to be some interesting nuggets. Like what would you leave with people? What are the learnings? What can you take away from those tech companies that we should be using right. maybe in insurance, banking, manufacturing? So just to build off that, right? So HP and IBM, two of the largest tech companies in the world, and it's all around innovation, acting with speed, being able to deliver results and and new products and capabilities, right? So working in those companies, it's all about that muscle. Working in banking, right? It's about servicing your customers at scale. And it's it's somewhat a risk averse uh, model. So change is a little bit slower because you're trying to make sure that as you roll things out, right? That uh, you don't bring down everybody's ability to do a financial transaction. And then in insurance, right? It typically is, it's a lagging industry. But the thing that I've learned in the tech side of it is how do you innovate? How do you come up with new ideas? How do you test and learn? How do you do things quickly and being able to test new technologies, vet them out, fail quickly, Mm -hmm. right? And saying, okay, is this going to work or not? And then Apply that to at-scale delivery for an industry like financial services, okay? How do you deploy at-scale and be able to make sure that you do it successfully, right? You can't bring down the bank or you can't bring down the insurance company because people are relying on it. So you can't just throw something out there and if it doesn't work, you know, back it out, Mm. right? Because people are relying on it. So it's a balance between innovation and our processes allow for testing and learning and, and failure in the front end, yeah. okay, but become progressively more disciplined as you get to the, the release processes and the agile processes. And, you know, we, we still want to be able to do massive changes from an enterprise perspective, but we shrink them down now and yeah. we, we make sure we deploy little things often as, as opposed to one big thing and then, you know, you bring down the company. So I would say test and learn on the front end, deploy with quality and scale at the back end. That's fantastic. Well, this has been a lot of fun. We're going to continue. We're going to have another conversation Perfect. for a blog post that'll come out next week on CR.com. Okay. And uh, I want to be talking to Rich about what I call the seven C's of great leaders. The great leaders like you, just a little, little teaser, okay? Do not get distracted by the bright, shiny object. You've already kind of shared that today. Mm-hmm. But what you do focus on, like a laser, is customer at the middle. We That's talked about that. Culture, the mm-hmm. world-class culture. Cultivate all about the people. Right. 
courage. And this yeah. is this is not for the faint of heart. It's not. This is hard work. Managerial courage. Change. You've talked mm-hmm. a lot about driving change, sustaining change. You're also great collaborators and great communicators. So we'll have some fun talking about those seven. But those are the things that differentiate yeah. you all at your level. So we'll see you all back here to. soon. And thanks again, Rich Gilbert. Thanks for having me. All right. Developing a robust pipeline of future-ready IT leaders who know how to show up and engage differently is paramount to success today. If you would like to learn more about the Tech LX Leadership Development Program that Dan talks about in the podcast, we invite you to visit techwhisperers.net. Equip your workforce with a new mindset and skill set needed to maximize impact, increase engagement, and build a world-class talent magnet brand. You've been listening to Tech Whispers, inside the playbook of the best digital leaders, a Woolet and Associates podcast. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you like what you've heard, please rate the show as this helps us connect the world's best digital leaders with those who aspire to learn, grow, and thrive in this amazing profession. Thanks for listening. Until next time.